Sales is the most lucrative skill in the world, period. The problem is most sales advice out there today is outdated, cheesy, and could even keep you from the deals that can make all the difference in your career. This is the No BS Sales School, a podcast for entrepreneurs and salespeople who want to master the skill of selling without all the BS. Y'all know that I don't often have guests on my podcast. Usually it's me sharing tips about sales, sales strategies, stories, that kind of stuff. But today, because this guy is freaking awesome, and I met him a couple of weeks ago when I was on his podcast, the Productivity Mastery Podcast. The guy's name is Stoyan Yankov. It's going to be my guest today. He is from Bulgaria. We read you his biography. He's the author of Perform, The Unsexy Truth About Startup Success. He's the host of the Productivity Mastery Podcast, which I was a guest about two weeks ago. I think we published that on this channel. He did a TED Talk about why caring for your people is good for business too. He, Storian Yankoff, specializes in coaching organizations and entrepreneurs, and he's helped over 450 companies create more productive and mindful team cultures. His background includes working in movie and video production, creating premium event experiences, and building international networks. His home is in Sofia, Bulgaria. Storian, welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about time management for salespeople, which we, like I said before, we all stuck about it. But before we get into that, do you mind just doing a quick summary of how you got to be the expert that you are today on building culture and leadership and those kind of things? Well, thank you so much for having me, man. And uh, thank you for being a guest on my show as well. It's been a great episode. Ma- Everybody needs to go and listen to this episode. How did I got here? Well, I wanted to be a Wall Street banker. So that was my dream. Uh, so I did my master. You wanted to be a, you wanted to be a soulless bastard who who sucked life and money out of the out of the uh, countries of the world. Is that what you wanted to do? That's that's what I didn't understand. I wanted to do. <laughs> I just loved solving problems, and and I did a uh, high school in mathematics, right? Like, so how do I utilize mathematics to to build a career? Maybe I should become a finance guy. Maybe I should yeah. become banking. Very love, right? And then, um, so I did my bachelor, my master's in Denmark, and my plan was, all right, I do my master's in, in Europe. Denmark had a, a few really good business schools, so I picked one of them. And somewhere along the line, I realized, Mr. Stoyan, there is uh, something that you're more passionate about than, than uh, finance, and that was making movies. Ah. Um, doing videos, so I'll spend every single minute of my free time uh, directing, producing, writing, organizing film festivals. Um, so when I was about to graduate, I had to. I had this dilemma: What should I do? Should I become a finance guy, or should I should I go for the movies? So I, Walker, I, I just decided to combine both. All right. So I'm the business guy who knows business. I know storytelling. How about I become a producer, the guy who manages project, who's doing budgets, yeah. who is selling customers. So um, I started working for a company, then I quit. I started my own thing and I was like, you know what? I can do it better than my boss. <laughs> and, I, mm-hmm. and I read all these kind of personal development books that tell you, you got to cut the rope, man. You can do right. it. It's going to be amazing. And, and then you, you start working as, as an entrepreneur and you've been an entrepreneur. And then you realize, oh, it's not 
as simple and easy as they say in the books. Uh, yeah, actually, no. it's a lot of struggle. Actually, it's uh, very difficult. They're actually going to most likely fail. If not the business, you'll fail a lot of times, you know, doing the things that you do. Uh, 100%. Statistics are saying that, uh, depending on the statistic, 80 to 90% of uh, new companies are going to fail in the first five years. And the, the 5 10% or 15% that are still on the market doesn't mean they're making money or they're successful. They just didn't close doors yet. Right? So the odds are all against you, right? I didn't know that, but I've been pushing really hard, 70, 80-hour weeks, you know, reading books, getting mentors, trying to make my way as an entrepreneur, as a video producer. And at some point, um, kind of realized this is not my biggest passion. I love making movies, but what I'm most excited about is working with people and bringing people together. And uh, this whole journey of becoming a performance and productivity coach started in when I was 20 years old with the first book I read on time management, the first course I joined, and it's been my obsession, my personal obsession. How can we how can we get the most out of the time that we have? personally and professionally? And how can we bring teams together so we can produce results, business results, while enjoying the journey? Okay, so so one day, because um, I did all these courses and trainings and, you know, yeah. Tony Robbins events and you name did it. Did you go to some of those things? I did, man. The Tony Robbins things you go? I went to everything, man. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Did you walk through fire? I did. Did you walk on hot cold? I did, man. Yes. <laughs> wow. Tell, can you take a minute and tell me that? And, and, and I was scared shit, man. <laughs> I bet. How does that, was, what, what's, was, what is the trick there? What What is the trick um, there? How does one question, man? I was trying to understand it. I'm not sure, but I mean, he's priming you, Tony. This Tony guy, he's, he's priming you the whole day. He's explaining the, the whole kind of trick. And basically, the way he explains it is that when your mind is focused on on jumping over the obstacle and not the obstacle, your mind is not sending signals to your feet, pretty much. Interesting. When you're walking through, I don't know, 10 feet of a fire, right? So, so yep. you just yep. do that. You have to be straight up. You have to be calm and you have to focus on on the end, right? You don't focus on the fire and you're not scared. And basically, when you start walking, somehow you don't get burnt. That's amazing. I love that. So, but it's a metaphor. A it's books. a metaphor, man. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. Like, he, and I love it because it's a metaphor. If this fire is your biggest fear, and you walk through it, what else can you do? The only thing, yeah, Tony Robbins teaches us, and a lot of them, right? And you do too, and I do too. It's right. We are our own worst enemy. We limit ourselves. This, this hat holder that we have, right? Our, our heads um, are the things that that holds us back, that we tell ourselves, I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. People like me don't do things like that. It's weird. It's, it's, it happens from our parents and it happens from our surroundings and who we hang out with. So what did you, what are some, um, we start thinking about time medicine. If I were to interview 50 sales guys, I bet maybe of the 50 Maybe one would claim that they had time management figured out, but the rest of us would tell the truth and say, hell no, we don't have a freaking clue about how to do that. 
What does time management mean to you in the first place? Give me a definition of that. So it's really interesting. I recently did a training with a sales team in Vienna and the manager called me a few weeks before the training. So we can align on the content and give me some information about the, his team mm-hmm. and, and he shared his schedule and, and how he's so overwhelmed that he has no time for anything. And, and they're asking, how's it going with your to-do list? And what he answered was, oh, I know Stoyan, but I don't have time to plan my time. I'm just so busy. And, and this is what many salespeople do. They never set time for prioritization. So they don't have any time for anything, right? If you don't have 20, 30 minutes a day to reflect on your day, to review your day, and then to set the priorities for the next day, and I'm happy to, to share a lot of practical tools. Let's, let's make this very valuable and practical. Um, yeah. by, the way, by the way, for those of you listening, we're not going to come up with, uh, with something you never heard, the one secret that the Stoyan is hiding from the world. No. These are things that you probably know, but common sense is not all in practice, right? Like, do you do these things? So let me share some good strategies. I forgot your questions, but I'm going to go, Walker. So you know, sure. let's move. Let's move. So so doesn't matter if you're a salesperson, but let's, let's focus on you being a salesperson, right? Yeah. Um, the first thing you want to do if you haven't done it is you want to get a cup of coffee, go to Starbucks, you know, make some nice cup of tea, whatever, and, and allocate a couple of hours. And then ask yourself, what are the core improvement areas? So if I want to be the best salesperson I can be, what would be the, the core areas I need to constantly improving on? Okay, let me give you a few examples, right? That, what that could be? Improving your sales materials could be one, right? Understanding your client's needs and pains. Understanding yep. your industry and your product. Yep. Networking and lead generation. Becoming an effective networker. Pitching your slides, your presentation, proposals, packaging proposals, negotiation, closing deals. It could be the way you dress and the, the way you show up, your ethics. I don't know, but identify what are the core areas that will help you and support you to be a great salesperson. And then give yourself a grade from one to 10 in each of these areas. How am I doing? Something. When, you're doing, when you're doing this though, is it, do you want to, I mean, you're looking for does it matter how many of those things you come up with or is it, um, or should you pick three or four? How, do, how, do, how would you recommend? So, so initially I would say, I would say five to 10 initially. Okay. Yeah. Five to 10 of these areas. Um, yeah. The improvement areas, let's call them improvement areas. And then you give yourself a, a, a grade, right? But, but being completely honest at this moment, how am I doing from one to 10? If I have to rate myself one, I'm not doing shit. 10, there's no this. space yeah. for improvement. Okay. Um, and then be honest. Sometimes we're too focused on one, two, three areas. So we forget the rest. That's fine. It's okay. Measure yourself, assess yourself. All right, good. What would happen? What should happen? So I make it to a 10. You look at the areas that are like, let's say you give us low grade, which are the areas I need to improve on right now? What do I have to do? If I imagine myself smashing it in this area, it's like 10 out of 10. How am I acting? What am I doing? And then you start brainstorming. I mean, I, I'm a little so, bit. Obsessed. So what you're talking yeah. about is, let me help you with it. Let me slow this down on this. So you might say, all right, so I'm going to pick one of these. Um, I need to better understand my customers' needs and pains, right? I need to understand the kind of the problems they're dealing with and how those things might be impacting them personally. 
And so, and I would say I'm a, I'm, I'm using an example, right? Let's pretend I'm a two or three at that. And I say, I want to be, I want to take that to a 10. And so I want to visualize myself as if I were a 10 and how would I be behaving? Is that what you said? That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. So how would I be, what would the result be or how would I be behaving or both? Oh, like both, both. Okay. All right. And I'll say, and I'll say, I'll say, that's why I think, you know, spend a bit of time with that. It's a process. It's a process. Let me put it there. It's not one time. It's a process, but you, you measure yourself and you say, well, let me have a look at the areas that need most attention at the moment. All right. Let me brainstorm some ideas. What can I do to start improving? Not tomorrow, not this week. Let's say for the next three, six, 12 months, if I start doing those habits, those strategies, those activities, I'm going to become better and improve a lot in these areas. And you brainstorm different activities. And would you brainstorm that with yourself or do you brainstorm that with your sales manager or with somebody else you're working with that you admire? How would you, how would you recommend you do that? I, I would say start with yourself. Start with yourself. Once you have the plan in place, you can always go and get feedback from, from your manager, you from some great salesperson, from a mentor. But initially, just just take an overview, you know, audit yourself and see mm-hmm. what, what can I do, right? What are some activities I can start doing? What are the areas that, you know, some, some questions, what are the areas that if I improve on these areas, they're going to be with the highest impact for me at the moment? Correct. For example, if you haven't uh, researched, you know, you're, you're selling a new product, you don't know it so well, you uh, you don't know the customers, what their pains are, maybe that's a focus area. This is just the initial, okay, improvement areas. Of course. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. That is continuous improvement. So what can you do? And just uh, I just want to wrap up with the continuous improvement areas. What can you do? What are the best strategies out there? Like what are the best books? What are the best podcasts? What uh, What are some people in my company that they're smashing it, they're excelling in these areas. What are some people, mentors I can reach out to? What are some interviews can I, I can watch? Can I get a coach? Can I get a mentor? How can I, in the simplest, fastest, most efficient way, improve in these areas? And then you come up with a plan and and you set, you, you pick some of those ideas, you can pick it all, and you start improving. And this is your commitment. You said it at the beginning. It's a mindset. I want to yeah. win as a salesperson, long-term. Okay, I need to continuously improve on the areas that matter most. Wrapping it up here, I leave it to you guys to to have a coffee meeting with yourself and to identify those areas, identify the gaps, and find resources or people to help you improve. First step, okay? Auditing where you are as a salesperson. Now, you mentioned activities. Most salespeople, at least I see, they have uh, quarters or they have... uh, objectives. Uh, sometimes it's yearly annual objectives, sometimes it's quarterly objectives, but yeah. most of them do. Maybe some entrepreneurs might not have it, but people working for larger companies usually. But oftentimes they're handed down to you by, you will do, th- this is how much you must right. sell or how much you must produce. Yes. Right. That's correct. That's correct. So not ideal, but but you know, usually start with the goal, right? Planning is is bringing the future into the present so that you can do something about it now, they say. What is the, the future you want to create? This is not my quote, by the way. There was an author called Alan LeCain. Don't quote me on that, but I love it. Planning is bringing the future into the present so that present, you can do something right. about it now. What does that mean? What is the future I want to create? In three months from now, how many customers do you have? 
who are you serving? What is the exact number of like, what is the revenue that you're making? Who are the people you're working with? Are you always thinking from the future and you bring, bring it back right for your to create the plan? Yes. So let's assume that you already have your objectives and goals. One thing that I recommend any salesperson, and by the way, Walker, as consultants, we are salespeople as well, right? So well, of course, <laughs> yep. we all the time. try to take our own medicine as well. Identify, now it's a little bit different. I don't want to confuse people, but identify what are the top three priorities for you as a salesperson in your job. Some of you work for companies, some of you have your own companies. What are the top three priorities, meaning the type of activities that generate most value for you as a salesperson? So that could be, that could be prospecting. That could be, I mentioned I had recently a training and, and it's quite fresh, right? With, with, with the sales team, maybe around 10 people, each of them shared at the end, they concluded it's more or less the same for each of them. So one of them was having one-on-one -on -one meetings with existing clients. There was a company with a huge database of clients, having one-on-one -on -one meetings, being lunch, dinner, if not possible, a Zoom call. Uh, that, that was one, okay? Uh, preparing packaging proposals and sending proposals for another one. Mm -hmm. Another one was follow-ups. You know, following up, you know, not something that everybody knows, not everybody does efficiently, yes. but, Correct. But, but that could be. I don't know what it is for you. You, you sit down and you ask yourself, what are the activities that if I do these kind of things as a salesperson, they generate the greatest impact. I close deals. I bring business. I, I get the best clients. Okay? Ask yourself. Sometimes there might be 70 different activities that you do. Which is the one that is with high effectiveness? Is it uh, calling people on the phone? Is it uh, having lunch? With people, is it uh, networking events and you know prospecting, opening? Uh, is you know, is it putting stuff out on? Is it putting stuff on LinkedIn on a regular basis to build an audience? Is it uh, networking? Is it um, referrals for your existing clients? Could be a number of things, right? That you built strategic alliances, which you and I have talked about before, right? Where you find other people who sell into the same kind of customers that you do. Maybe they're not competitors, but they can introduce you, and you can introduce them. One of the things I talk about, Stoyan, and you're you're right on target with me, is you need, I believe you need to have at least three things that you're doing on a regular basis to bring business in the door. Where we're a lot and and measure and see what's coming from each of those things. And what I've found over time is that most of my like 90% of my business in the last 12 months has come either from LinkedIn or it's come from a direct referral from my existing clients. And so those are the things I'm making sure I'm investing my time in. Now, I also make calls. I also go to networking events because maybe we pick something up there. But the majority of my time and money goes into stuff on LinkedIn and um, and getting referrals. My existing. Let clients. me just ask you a question. I know it's your podcast. Yes, sir. I want to ask you a question. Oh, so, so, so when it comes to when it comes to referrals, what helps you to be effective with your time when you are asking for referrals? So I have a process. Interesting, you asked that. I have a um, four parts. I think uh, um, it's probably just helped somebody with this this morning. The first part is to have a value conversation. The second part is to brainstorm. The third part is to pick one. And the fourth one is to coach. And so here's what that sounds like is, is I will ask one of my clients, hey, tell me something. Sounds like a weird question, but are we helping you? Are we helping you? How are we? And then they'll say, I hope they'll say, well, yes. And then the second question is how? How are we helping? 
And so then they'll say, well, you've helped me shorten our sales cycles. We know what the hell we're supposed to be doing now. We've got this and this and this. And I'll say, that's great. But see, those are intellectual things. The third thing we say is, well, tell me something. Is that a big deal? Is that a big deal? We go from intellectual to emotional. So if, and if somebody doesn't go, hell yeah, that's a big deal. If they go, well, kind of, that's probably not the right time to ask for a referral, right? But if they say, hell yeah, it's a big deal. I say, thank you for telling me that. Do you know anybody else who might like that kind of help too? And they'll often say, well, you know, I don't know about the top of my head, but I'll keep you in mind. And I just kind of say, great. Then I'll go and say, do you mind if we brainstorm for a minute? Maybe it's somebody that you, you see at conferences. Maybe it's somebody else in your company. Maybe it's a sister company somewhere. Maybe it's somebody you play golf with. Anybody come to mind, right? And sometimes people are very generous and say, oh, I know five people. And I'll say, that's great. Let's start with one. I only want one because I've done this before. I've said, oh, I know five people used to be talking to. And then the reality is I don't know all five of those well enough to make a referral. Or I'm basically giving myself another job, which I don't really have time for. And instead, I want to have, I will say, who's the one that's most likely to take my call based purely upon your recommendation? Because what I want a referral to is to get a, a call to see if they'd be open to my call. I don't want somebody to say they're going to call me because they never do. But you be, see it when you buy, see if they'd be open to taking my call. Who's that one? And they'll say, well, sure. And they'll give me the name and I'll say, why them? And then I'll say, what would you say to them? Rehearse. What would you say? I had, I screwed this up when I first got in the business a long time ago. And I had, I was asking my clients for referrals and I forgot to rehearse and I called somebody. And I said, hey, John told me to call you. Did he tell you why? And he said, yeah. He said, you were new in business and needed people to talk to. I was like, holy shit, that's terrible. That was my fault, right? I didn't coach. And so next time, now I said, what would you say to them? And they'll base it in there. Oh, uh, well, I'll say something. And I'll, and I'll say, well, could you say this? Could you say we've helped you with this? Could you say we've helped you with that? And you say, here's where you were and here's where you are now and see if they're open to taking my call. So that way, and I said, look, a lot of people tell you no, and that's fine. But if he does say yes, then me their information, and I'll call them. The last thing is, if they don't say yes, completely okay. When would you hope to talk to them? Tuesday. Okay. So how about this? If I had her back from you by say Wednesday morning, let's just assume that they said no, no hard feelings. So you asked me something that I was prepared to answer, so I do have a process. Do you have a process? How do you ask people for referrals? I mean, I, I can go there, but actually, let's see if there's going to be time for that. I want to finish up on the on the two yeah, thousand thing. But by the way, yes. by the way, you asked me a question at the beginning, uh, something about productivity. I think productivity for me is achieving what you want to achieve in the smartest possible way. Yes, good, love that. You, you well, know what I mean? So that means, yes. first, create clarity. What is it that you want to achieve? Right, uh, whoever is a person like an expert in time management, you will find that one of the core principles in the space of productivity is that you want to clarify what is the desired outcome, the end results. Yes. yes. And then and then you build it backwards, right? And you say, what is the smartest way to get there? So that's why we want to identify what are our top three priorities. And you said it really well. Sometimes we know them, but we don't really prioritize them. Prioritizing meaning that you you start with them, right? Like, let's say this is uh, 
asking for referrals and you're a salesperson. Where is the the biggest time waste for salespeople? Well, different, different people, but but I think one of them is administration. Another one is procrastination. Procrastination. Yes. By the way, in the book, we have this uh, this chapter about focus and execution, talking about the five villains of focus and execution. Number one, lack of clear priorities. Number two, the shiny object syndrome. Oh, shit. Number three, procrastination. Number four, multitasking. And number five, perfectionism. I think What's the last one you said? Perfectionism. What's the last one? Perf- oh, oh, yeah. Perfectionism. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're all connected, by the way. Tell me, we can, we can go on. about perfectionism. What does that look like? What is perfect? How does, in your opinion, how does trying to make everything perfect, how does that get in our way? A couple of things. I mean, there's many things, but a couple of major things. One, you are so slow. You're always waiting for everything to be perfect. Yeah, but my sales material is not ready. Oh, yeah, but it's uh, it's Friday. Nobody picks up the phone on Friday. Everybody talks on Friday, right. Right. Uh, and then the other thing is you put on so much pressure on yourself when you're a perfectionist. Oh, it's not perfect. I send in a proposal, but it's not perfect. And you stress about it. It's like, dude, pick up the phone and go, you know, or reach out and do stuff. Um, Mostly it's so, fear. It's either fear of failure or fear of success. I've found people want to be perfect and it takes three times as long to be 100% perfect than to be 90%. And if you're delegating something to somebody else, if you can get them to do 80% of what you would do, that's a freaking home damn run because it saves you the time. And 80%, most people won't notice the difference between 80 and 100%. You Yo, believe that too? Yeah, because because the people that you're selling to, they might not be experts in whatever. They're not designers or they're not this and that. So they, they don't, care. don't even see it, right? There was a, Brian Tracy had the, a lecture, I think, like something on YouTube I watched. And he was saying he, he worked with this company and people were afraid to pick up the phone and call you know, perfectionists and procrastinating. And, and he, Fear. he gave them a prize. He said, there's going to be a prize for the first person who gets 10 no's. So Love everybody that. picks up the phone, they phone, 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 phone. It's up phone. Got it? 10 no's. All right. You get the prize, get lunch or whatever. And and he was joking that at some point there was some person, you know, somebody's like, all right, got it. And then like another guy's like, oh, I was about to get the prize, but somebody wanted to buy it. <laughs> so screwed it up. I was gonna win, but some bastard wanted an interview. They wanted to talk to me. Look, look, let me get back to this because I think it's important. You identify yeah. your top three priorities, activities that generate, and then you ask yourself, and you gotta be really honest. Let me have a look at my previous two, three weeks. What percentage of my time do I spend on these top three priorities? If these are priorities that generate most revenue, that generate most sales. What percentage of my time, the 40 or 60 hours I work, do I spend on these things? And people get shocked. People are like, oh man, 10%, 15%. But you don't understand. I have so much administration. There's the systems and people call me. and like, I don't know what's your situation, but you're in charge. You know, you, you got to say, hey, what are my priorities? And then, you know, there's many of these great books you can read. That frog, Ryan Tracy again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what are your frogs? Yep. What are the, the things yeah. that with highest impact, sometimes not so comfortable? Can you block them to start the morning with them? 
right? You go into the office, nine to 11, you block two hours. Maybe that's cold calling. And you call, 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 call. Start to add your impact if you can. And I would say, if you can make it in bigger blocks, I mean, depending on the task, right? You can be able to finish something for 30 minutes, but but if you if you create these bigger blocks, I don't know, cold calling or reaching out on LinkedIn for two or three hours, you tell the whole team, you tell, communicate with your manager, hey man, I really need to generate some leads. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Because the next two hours I put on my headphones, I'm DND. Do not disturb. Don't talk to me. Let's get some business to the house. I'm telling you, your manager is fine. <laughs> He'll be okay. He'll be great. No, no. What, what is the percentage? How much, what percentage of your time goes to these activities? What do you want it to be? If you're at 10% and you want it to be 70, you still have to do administration and all, all else. Okay. 10 to 70. How do I get there? How can I win three hours this week? And, and, and once you identify this, and by the way, this is another one. I started with that. People don't organize their time. It's so silly. It's like you spend 12 hours sometimes, the most ambitious people, or eight hours at the workplace per day, but you don't spend 20 minutes to organize it. All around the place. So what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't intuitively decide what is most important to do. You can't. Your mind doesn't have one. You know, that's the problem. You don't have a hard drive to store all the information and make the algorithm in your head. There's too much information coming on. You have to organize your time. Let me give you let me give you a super simple process. Right. I hope you guys get it. I mean, by the way, it's not about the method. It's not about the method. You can get GTD. Tim Ferriss has great ideas there. Tony Robbins, by the way, has a great system. Uh, uh, RPM. There's a lot of good ideas. Take whatever works for you, but make it a habit. People always start. What is the app? What app should I use? What are you doing now? Show me how you do your to-do list. I don't have time for my to-do list, but what app should I use? It's like, dude, you don't need an app. You need this. You need a freaking notebook. You need a notebook. pen. Once you start doing it consistently, it's not enough. And you need to optimize. Let's talk about apps. I'm not going to talk about apps now. I'm going to talk about this, a mindset, a, a method, right? Okay. Five-step method. We call it the perform planning method. It's very intuitive. I use spreadsheets. You can use anything you want. You just need one place. So I do that. Last thing I do, you know, now is what is the time? Now it's six o'clock in Sofia. Once we're done with the podcast, I have 30 minutes, 6.30 to 7. I'm going to do this process for Monday. Now it's Friday for those of you listening. Yep. Okay. So Smart. simple yep. process. Step number one, you capture everything that's on your head. Okay. You have a look at your priorities, your goals, meetings, and... And you ask yourself, what, what do I have to do tomorrow? Based on my monthly goals or my weekly goals, what do I have to do tomorrow? And then you write everything down. Write this person, send this proposal, uh, get back to my manager, have a meeting with John. All right. Usually, you have a list of 30, 40 different things, maybe 50. Not a great idea. I used to have this kind of to-do list. And then you start checking it off. Doesn't work. This is just step one. Step number two, you group them together. All right. All these seven things are related to sending proposals. All these five things are related to this big deal we want to close. All this is connected to coaching my team. Or maybe I have six kind of groups of activities I need to do tomorrow. You group them, you batch them together. This is step number two. Step number three, identify the outcome and build it backwards. Okay? You know, sometimes I, I love it. People have a to-do list. 
follow up with lead. Hello, lead. I just wanted to follow up. Bye. And then cross off the to-do list check. You don't want to follow up with the lead, man. You want something to happen from this follow-up, right? Is it to close a deal? Is it to, I want my long-term client to feel I have their back and no matter what. Like, what do you want to happen? What's your outcome? I want to close the deal for 10,000 USD. Okay, good. You have an outcome. So this is the third step. When you know the outcome, now we brainstorm, what do you have to do to get the outcome? Let me block one hour of my time to research this industry, to research the decision makers, to try to get the way in. I don't know. You brainstorm, you get smart about it. Before you jump onto the meeting, how can I get the most out of this meeting? Maybe spending an hour and a half doing this kind of activities and then I land this big client could be actually a productive thing to do, right? Got to think about it, compare the things, okay? So that's identify the outcomes and the step-by-step to get there. Step number four, prioritize. What does that mean? Well, you still might have a huge list of different things. What I do at this step, and I, I call it your daily menu, like, like you go to a restaurant, right? What happens when you go to a restaurant? The waiter comes and you either order or they give you a menu. And why do you want a menu? Because you can compare your options and you can see how much things are costing. But nobody does that with their time. If I spend mm. an hour with you, Walker, I can't spend this hour anywhere else. It's gone, right? So I want to be really careful what I say yes to. So step number four, you have all this you know, list of outcomes, and then you have the list of step-by-step to get there, and you ask yourself, well, how much time is it going to take me to, to, to do this podcast with uh, Walker? Well, we'll record for an hour, but I need to spend at least two hours to listen to some of the previous episodes. I need to get in state. I need to go for a run because I want to be in good energy. Like I plan this, it's scheduled. Right? Otherwise, I'm not going to be here, right? So, so you, you identify what, how much time does every single activity take you, and then you, you, you set the importance. You know, some people use the urgent important. Which one is a priority? And I'm using colors. I mean, if you, if you buy the big yeah. you see, I'm using colors. Red, yellow, and, and, and white. Okay, whatever. Whatever works for you. Red is, you know, highest impact. Step number five, the most important step. Some people start with this step. Not a great idea. Schedule things in your calendar. Mm. Block time in your calendar. If you don't block it, it's a lot more likely you're not going to do it. Okay? So your key activity is prospecting. Whatever. Okay. 9 to 11, prospecting. It's blocked in my calendar. I tell everybody from the team, don't talk to me. And then you, you, you focus and you get it done. And the more you can quantify it, instead of prospecting, you can say, I'll reach out to 25 potential customers. Okay, fair enough. You might end up reaching 23. That's okay. Or, or you, you take 15 more minutes and then you move things around. But, but you block things in your calendar. I'll never have written a book. I don't like to write stuff. I like to talk. But it's important, right? What do I do? Mr. Stoyan, you have a meeting with yourself from 9 to 10.30 to, to write two pages of your book. Have fun. I buy myself a cup of coffee. The first 15 minutes I'm resisting. I'm like, I got to check my Instagram. I have to see what's the, okay. No. On my news. Yeah. Oh, man. Time blocking. Get going. Time blocking. But the time blocking is smart. smart. You identified all the different opportunities to spend your day. And you, you were the judge. You told yourself, hey, Mr. Stoyan, Mr. Walker, Maria, I don't know who's listening. That's how you have the biggest likelihood to be effective today. Produce the results, 
and say no to the things that don't matter so much. Okay, eliminate. You know, half of the things that I initially wanted to do or more, I'm not going to do them. I'll either delegate them, I will not do them at all, I'll postpone them to another day. Because they're not important. They'll give me a different kind of outcome, right? So that's it, man. That's very simple. It's not about the method. That maybe sounds very, very complicated. It's not about the exact method and system. Find something that works for you. Maybe start with a simple to-do list for a week. But do it. Commit. That the most important thing you can do to be a better, more effective salesperson is you allocate 20 to 30 minutes every single day, which are your time management minutes. Outstanding. Stoyan, this has been so helpful. And it, you know, it's funny, you said something at the very beginning, I'll tell you what, a couple of things I've learned from today. One is I love the process. I love the seven steps. That's freaking awesome. But you said something that I had not, it's, it's common sense, right? But I don't know that I've heard these words before. Common sense is not common practice. Because a lot of the stuff that people hear on this podcast or they read in a book, oh, everybody knows, everybody knows that, but are you doing it, right? Are you doing it? And that's what's so damn important. And you just pointed out several things, right? One is focus on what you want to have happen and then build a plan to get there. Don't just say, I want this to happen. And then you look up and realize that shit didn't happen. Um, we got a plan to make, and, and, you know, we make plans and God laughs, but if you don't have any plan at all, you're a part of somebody else's plan and they're driving you along. So, and how can people find you? If they want to talk to you or want to get some of your books or listen to your, um, you know, listen to your podcast, how can people find you? I'm actually super reachable. So if you're looking for a speaker to your next event, if you're looking for a trainer to come and set up a workshop, I've already traveled to over 35 countries, supporting teams to, to boost their performance, to, to come together, to be more effective. Uh, make sure to reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn, Stoyan Yankov. You can see my name. It might be hard to spell. <laughs> Our book is available everywhere. Perform the unsexy truth about startup success. And of course, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to check Productivity Mastery, talking to freaking amazing people like Walker, like the founder of Facebook, ah. the president of Starbucks, and many, many more high-performance people. Learn from them, get the best insights, and uh, yeah, make sure to to send a message. But last but not least, before before I kind of wrap this thing up, make sure to subscribe to this gentleman's podcast because this is freaking amazing. I'm a subscriber. I'm listening. I I gotta be honest. I didn't know about it before, but now I've been uh, I've been at the beach and I've been listening to the podcast. Not just be- because uh, you know I have to prepare because it's it's real practical knowledge, something that you can take. Every episode have at least one or two or three ideas that you can immediately take and start implementing them. And as Walker said, do that. But it's not about learning ideas. Great. Amazing. It's about execution. Pick the one thing from today that you really liked, that really resonated with you and start applying it and and let us know in three weeks how it goes. Outstanding. Thank you so much. No BS sales team. Hope you've learned something from today. Take one thing that Stoyan talked about today. Take one thing you learned and put it into practice. Stoyan, thank you so much for being a part of this show. Thanks for listening to the No BS Sales School podcast. If you're struggling to close deals, then I want to invite you to take my free mini course where you'll learn the seven most expensive sales mistakes that will cost you time, money, and credibility. So be sure to click the link in the show notes or go to www.7salesmistakes.com. 
That's the number seven, salesmistakes.com. Thanks again for listening to the No BS Sales School podcast.